Good morning and welcome to worship here at the table. My name is Matt and along with Linda, we serve as co-pastors for this beautiful community of faith and we're grateful to gather with you all on this day. Linda, like so many among us, is not feeling well, so she is watching over us in love by staying home. And she is online, the same is true with Ariel and um, Sarnit and many folks on our team. So we are grateful for um, this moment for those that are healthy enough to be here in this moment and also for those that are gathering with us online. I'll invite those in the sanctuary to stand as you're willing or able and Hannah will invite us with um, a prayer and then into a song together. By the grave Hey 
O Lord, open my eyes that I may see the needs of others. Open my ears that I may hear their cries. Open my heart so that they need not be without succor. Let me not be afraid to defend the weak because of the anger of the strong, nor afraid to defend the poor because of the anger of the rich. Show me where love and hope and faith are needed, and use me to bring them to those places. And so open my eyes and my ears, that I may, this coming day, be able to do some work of peace for thee.
dancing shoes this morning? I know, I, I did, and I was dancing. Thank you, that was so inspirational. I think that's one of my favorite songs um, sung here at this church. So welcome everybody, my name is Lisa Wegley, and we're so glad you are here joining us in person and also online um, at thetable.live. And Linda, our, our minister, our other half, is there and is your host today. Originally, I was going to say, throw Linda some really hard questions during the service. <laughs> She's not feeling well, so that may not be so nice. So anyway, I um, hope you're feeling better, Linda. And of course, Sarni, uh, he's under the weather too, and we're hoping that he feels better as well. So uh, let's see. I have a really nice... Uh, oh, did you guys know, does anybody ever get a text from the church um, Sunday morning saying, hey, join us live? Did you know that after it says, you know, click here to join us live, that below that, it's the, the bulletin? I didn't know that. My husband didn't either. So if you didn't know that, if you want to get the bulletin, you can either hit the QR code that's down there or just go to your text and hit that last link and it'll take you to the bulletin for today. Uh, also, if this is your first time here or you're wanting to become part of this community or learn more about our community, please go online and visit our website and you'll see something called a connect card. You'll just fill that out and you'll hear from wonderful pastor or wonderful Linda and they'll connect with you and share with you more about our church. Okay, this is one of the reasons why I chose to join this church and why I love this church. This week, we have several opportunities for us to reach out in love in our community. I'm going to have to do a little bit of reading because there's quite a few, but I hope that you can do one of these things. So tomorrow, uh, between 9 and 11, there is going to be um, a service. We're going to be out at Table Farm between 9 and 11 to honor um, Dr. Martin Luther King uh, with a morning of service at the Table Farm. How cool is that? I love it. There's going to be a fundraiser that's going to be held next Sunday evening in Davis featuring Rumi's Caravan. So if you want more information about that, just check out our email. Our weekly email has more details about that. Here's a really super cool one, and I'm looking at one of my friends out here because I think she would like it too. Sacramento Steps Forward needs volunteers on January 24th and 25th for the 2024 Point in Time Count. This is a vital initiative to address homelessness in the Sacramento region. Um, unhoused people, people without stable housing is growing and growing and growing. And so I think this is really super cool. So check this one out. And then finally, um, we'll be, uh, let's see, we'll join other communities in faith again for, oh yeah, Habitat for Humanity. And so this is really cool. They have some volunteer openings um, for February 3rd, 9, and 10. So you can go to the website and sign up for Habitat for Humanity. That's just an amazing organization. Um, so yeah, pretty cool, right? All right, so you can see we're a pretty active church. And if you think that this might be a place where you want to land, if you want to learn a little bit more about our faith, then we have a series. Um, it's called Growing in Faith. It's a really great opportunity for you to sit down and connect with Pastor Matt and Pastor Linda and learn more about faith and just for your journey in, in particular. So there is going to be a Growing on Faith on January 30th. 
get this, there's only one opening. It's here in Sacramento. And then there is going to be a second one, March 3rd. That one's in Davis. And again, only one opening there. So that spot is held just for you if you want to learn. All right. Um, okay, let's see. Let's see. What else do we have? Ah, oh, I know. We're just going to stand up. And we're going to sing. And we're going to let the band lead us in a beautiful song called You Have Called Me Deeper. Where you 
think I'm going to read scripture. Lisa, do you want to read scripture? Am I reading scripture? I'm going to. That would be me. How about you preach? I'll read. No, just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We were away with our musicians for a week of writing, and so we're kind of stumbling back into the moment, and we are grateful for this time. And we're going to actually have some walking music. Our young friends are invited to make their way when you're ready. Um, It looks like Juliet is in the back, and some of Emily is moving back there as well. We offer a ministry for children in elementary school called Godly Play, and we do that at both 9.30 and 11. It's a beautiful space for children to gather, uh, to be seen by a storyteller and a doorkeeper. They gather together around the sacred stories of our tradition and wonder about God's movement and love in their own lives. We have a Godly Play Sanctuary just upstairs for children that are kindergarten through second grade and then a room for older children just down the hallway. We also offer loving and professional childcare just down the hall this morning. That childcare is um, halfway down the hall on the left side in a room that has a beautiful loft in it. Our reading this morning comes from the first chapter in the Gospel of John, and I'll invite you to follow along either in your own Bibles, if you have that on your phone, or if you'd like, just on the screen here. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter, and Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses in the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said, come and see. And when Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael asked him, where did you get to know me? And Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, very truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the son, the child of humanity. So as our musicians move down, I'll invite us into a spirit of prayer. God, may the depth of your love for the world stir within our hearts, in our bodies, in our very souls, that we might find ourselves caught up in the streams of your grace, that our lives might become a reflection of your love. And so we offer this time in your creative ways and many names. Amen. So many of us were deeply moved last Sunday as we heard reflections from Debbie and from Kara and from Sarnit and from Spencer. I found myself returning over and over these last few days to their reflections, to their words as we were preparing for worship this morning. Debbie feeling called to wonder about the possibility of becoming a spiritual director, being invited by a mentor to come and see what that ministry might be like for her.
Kara sharing of her own call beginning years ago as academic mentors saw within her young adult self a gift for inviting others to come and see, to come and see what healing, justice-centered life in the way of Jesus could be. Spencer's resilience. Resilience in finding a way when mental illness made it feel like there was no way. And being led to come and see a way of radical love here at the table and feeling called by God to invite others to come and see in a new role as a pastor. Sarnit's own journey beginning in Fiji, listening for how the Spirit has been calling him to move, to go deeper over these last years. We saw images of Sarnit alongside friends who were sending him off and family members, and then those meeting him here as he traveled in the midst and the height, really, of global pandemic. You can find their tender and inspiring reflections on our website and our podcast. It led me to just hold, as we were holding all of your deep commitments over these last days as well, wonder about who invited you to come and see. Who invited you to come and see? And who in your own life today might need to hear that invitation that really only you can give? for them to come and see. We're reminded in our reading this morning from the first chapter in John's Gospel that Christian faith is always passed from person to person. Just before the reading um, that I shared for us this morning, John the baptizer introduced two of his followers to Jesus, and one of them asked Jesus about where he's staying. And Jesus' response is simply, come and see. So our reading picks up from that moment in the verses that follow. Jesus calls Philip to follow him, to get up, to get on the way. And Philip finds Nathanael and starts to share some of what he knows about Jesus with Nathanael. And Nathanael is skeptical. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip could have turned this into an argument. Well, let me teach you for a moment about Nazareth. He could have offered an apologetic, maybe even had like a tract in hand to like hand to the person. No. What Philip chooses to do instead is to echo Jesus. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Philip says, come and see. From the very beginning of John's gospel, a community is beginning to form as person after person is invited to come and see for themselves. Jesus finds not one, not even two, but four people, and eventually so many more. It seems to me that Jesus is utterly not interested in solo spirituality. This is, from the beginning, an invitation to find oneself in community with and alongside, together, others. Each of these first followers, not unlike our own Debbie and Kara and Sarnit and Spencer, they could have declined. 
they could have said hard pass. Instead of moving, they could have sang, as we just did, I'll just sit and wait. Just stay right where I am and hold on to who I am and try to never let you, God, change me from the inside. I could be safe right here, right here and never leave home, never let these walls down. But Jesus calls us instead to move, to follow, to go, to practice our faith on the move, to be led deeper. The very first words that Jesus shares aloud in the Gospel of John are in the form of a question. Just earlier in the text, he says, what are you looking for? And it seems this question is at the heart of John's Gospel. And in order to faithfully respond, we ultimately must always become people who are moving on the move, on the way. Hearing Jesus' words of invitation to those first followers and to all of us today, come and you will see. It's both an invitation and a promise. Come, move, and you will see. I find hope myself in how many forms the invitation and the promise take, even just in these first couple of verses in John's Gospel. Andrew gets a trusted recommendation from a friend and spends a day with Jesus. Philip doesn't hesitate. He just drops everything and follows, dives in to the deep end. Nathaniel resists, has deep skepticism. You could even say biting sarcasm. In short, to me though, this reminds us that there is no one right way to respond to God's call. We witnessed this echoed last Sunday. Spencer begins seminary over in Berkeley in the coming days. He's diving in like Philip. Others among us are like putting a toe in the water, wondering about our next steps. Some of us in the room might come with a kind of deep skepticism, even sarcasm that we hear in the text. Thankfully, there is no one right and still, as the Unitarian pastor Edward Everett Hale once shared, I am only one, but still I am one. I cannot do everything, but still I can do something. And because I cannot do everything, I will not refuse to do the something that I can do. I wonder what the something might be for you to do. Nathaniel was sitting under a fig tree not long before he was invited to come and see. And it's striking to me that he had to move. The first thing he had to do was get on the way. Like all of us who long to follow Jesus, he couldn't just sit and wait. He couldn't stay right where he was to hold on to who he was and never let God change him from the inside. He couldn't be safe right there under that fig tree. He had to move, to guide his feet. Our church's roots are in what is called the Methodist movement. The folks who are originally gathering in what we now call kitchen tables, looking one another in the eye and sharing about how it was with their soul, they had literally no interest in starting a new church, certainly no interest in starting a new denomination. 
They were simply trying to align their life with God's love, and that meant opening up and making a difference by allowing God to change within them. They knew that God was on the loose in the world, healing and restoring, bringing courage to fear, forgiveness in the midst of brokenness, hope in places of despair, peace in turmoil and joy and sorrow. And they knew that this God was on the move in all of these ways. And in order to be part of God's movement, they themselves would need to move out from whatever fig tree they were sitting under. I was reminded this week uh, in a blog called Salt Project by about Frederick Beekner's classic definition of vocation. Beekner says, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. In the Salt Project blog, Dr. Matthew Meyer Bolton was inviting us to see in his own journey and then also in the text that we're hearing today how the disciples' experience of a calling almost everywhere throughout Scripture leads those who are ready to follow, those who aren't even ready but are called to follow in spite of that, into struggle, not away from struggle. And in the end, Matthew Meyer Bolton suggests that Beekner's formula is a valuable discernment tool, but he invites us to hear the complementary opposite of it. He says, the place God calls you to is the place where your deep discomfort and the world's deep blessings meet. Ugh. Discomfort, suffering are actually foreshadowed in our text. Maybe you heard it, or some might have missed it as I did the first reading. Nathaniel calls Jesus, identifies Jesus, sees Jesus, and says, you're the king of Israel. The title foreshadows what's coming. Near the end of John's gospel, we're in the first chapter today, near the end in chapter 19, there's a scornful inscription that pronounces Jesus the king of the Jews. Nathaniel's words remind at least those with ears to hear that there is a cost to discipleship. The call to follow Jesus, to allow Jesus to guide our feet, is a call toward difficulty, not away from it. I was painfully reminded of this just over a week ago. Most of you probably didn't know this person. Um, she found her way to uh, the table earlier, just months ago, with her two young children and also her sister. She found her way here after she had been diagnosed with cancer, with stage four cancer. And she had devoted her life to both her own beautiful children, her family, and also years of service here in Sacramento with CASA as an advocate for children. Her diagnosis was terminal when we met her and there were moments uh, that it might transition, that, that she might find a way through, but then it became clear that this was moving toward an end. She was baptized in these waters earlier this fall. I was able to sit down with her and with her partner and with their family just before Christmas. 
to hear some of their story as she was just transitioning to hospice care. Pastor Linda accompanied while our family was away at the new year, the family in planning her memorial. And so we gathered here just 10 days ago or so for her memorial and graveside. I was outside last Sunday and a young mom of a elementary age child asked me, did you guys have a party here? Because there was confetti all over the courtyard. And I'm looking at a mom of a child in elementary school who's about the age of the person's whose life we were celebrating. And I had to, I stumbled around like awkwardly, kind of. We gathered here for a memorial and then the family planned this really beautiful ritual outside where they had this biodegradable confetti that they shot up into the air remembering and honoring the way that this brave, faithful woman had moved in the world as an advocate for these kiddos, gone to, to tough, discomfortable, uncomfortable places with kids and just met them right where they were. We left this space and we went out to share together just the closest family and friends at the graveside. And some of you have had experiences of being in that space. We committed her to her final resting place, earth to earth, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. And oftentimes my experience is that these are really hard moments, obviously, for families, and we all respond really differently with what's going on in these moments. Lots of families choose to have the cemetery staff place the body into the ground, the urn into the ground, the ashes into the ground. Most of the cemeteries actually go out of their way to keep us away from the earth itself. There's like green fabric over it to make it look like it's grass. And this particular family uh, chose some families even actually can't be there while it happens so they move away and then the person that they love is placed into the ground after they've already left this particular family moved the green fake fabric out of the way and so there was a hole in that space and there were maybe 25 of us gathered and we prayed and we shared scripture and we held silence and after the prayer, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, this person's spouse stood up, and this is a person of very few words. He stood up and he moved and he knelt down and he held the urn of the person that he loved so fiercely. And then he started to lower himself onto his knees and he had to lean down into the earth. It's like a foot and a half, two feet deep, like leaning down. And our tears are flowing and tenderness is enveloping everyone's bodies. And the oldest of their young children can't sit where she is. She moves. She goes with her dad and looks down in that space, like, come and see and she's not afraid. And she has a picture 
that she had drawn. She wants all of us to see it. Come and see this. And she goes around to everyone to make sure each of us has seen. She's drawn a picture of her mom on the day of her mom's death. And she wants us to see this. And she places it next to the place as a marker of where her mom will rest. And everyone is quiet. And this young child is a young child. She's telling us stories about her mom. And folks stayed around and prayed, held on to each other. I think in those moments you wonder, like, where is God? <laughs> and I would suggest there, in the holding on to each other. They were preparing to go then to a break bread, to what we call a reception, to do what we do, to find our way in the midst of grief, to gather around tables. And the child's aunt, who is baptized here next to her mom just months ago, sent an email saying that her commitment is to bring her kiddos to the table so that they can keep coming to see. Because that just feels really important to come and see for themselves a place, a community. Their mom would want that. She wanted that. Dr. Ted Smith says, discipleship is first of all a willingness to walk with Jesus. It is not obedience to an abstract set of codes. I want to say that again. It is not obedience to an abstract set of codes, but consent to a costly and joyful relationship. In walking with Jesus, we learn who he is as we learn who he is, we learn what it means to follow him. And friends, my prayer is that we too will learn who Jesus is, not with abstract codes, but in the messiness of walking with him. That you'll feel this day called to come and see. You could just sit right where you are. Stay, hold on, and try to never let God change you from the inside. But God longs for us to come and see, and this means getting up and moving. And I'm afraid it's true that the place God calls us to is the place where our deep discomfort and the world's deep blessings meet. So may we find our way into practicing our faith by walking there with Jesus amid the love of the very community in which you are a part. Amen. Jesus called folks from those very first moments to come and see. And one of the practices that we have in the church to help us to do that calls us not to sit right where we are, but to move, to break bread. We call this communion, the Lord's Supper. The ancient word is Eucharist. Eucharist literally means thanksgiving. 
It's thanksgiving that commemorates death through crucifixion. In our tradition, we always hold these things together. Instead of pulling away from these realities, we're called to hold on to each other and lean into them. A reminder to the world that in pain and sorrow, God brings deep and abiding joy. And in the chaos of fear, God shows up with courage. And into the depth of despair, God brings hope. And the church does this in a way that says, don't take our word for it. Try it on. Come and see. Come and see. And so I invite you to stand as you're willing or able in body or in spirit. And we'll join our voices together in what the church calls a prayer of confession. Let us pray. Loving Christ, scripture tells us that you were born. Oh, we're going to do this differently. We're going to stop for just a moment. This is a true prayer of confession, but it's not the one we're going to pray right now. Sorry, Brendan. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Can you get it that fast, Corey, or no? Corey needs one second, so I'm going to pray for us. God, mostly we want to turn away from uncomfortable places. Mostly we want to try to be safe and pretend that those things, well, they don't happen to us. But the truth is, God, we live in a world that is on fire. And if we don't feel that in this moment, we're reminded of it in the truth of Dr. King's life, and we'll be reminded of it soon enough. So may your love and healing show up to us in this moment. And may that be enough now and always. Amen. I invite us to pray together with one voice. Loving God, you call us to come and see, but we sit and wait. We stay right where we are and try to hold on to who we are. We imagine we can be safe right here and never let these walls down. But you keep calling us to come and see. Forgive us, we pray. Friends, God sees you like Jesus saw Nathaniel under a fig tree, like literally sees you just as you are, knows you better than you know yourself, sees your preciousness when you cannot. God looks upon you and the world with eyes of fierce and wild and tender love. So may you hear God's call to come and see and remember now and always that you are already enough. You are loved, forgiven. So may the people of God say amen. Friends, I invite us to join in the call and response for recognizing the belovedness of God in each and every neighbor around us. May the peace of Christ be with you. 
And I invite you to turn to a neighbor close by and just share a symbol of peace with them in that moment. God, we give you praise and thanks for this holy communion, the body of Christ, of your is to continue in a spirit of prayer, sharing together the words that the church calls the Lord's Prayer. And we'll do that this day with a version which comes to us from the New Zealand prayer book. So I invite us to pray together with one voice. Eternal spirit, earth maker, pain bearer, life giver, source of all that is and that shall be, father and mother of us all loving God in whom is heaven. The hallowing of your name echoes through the universe. The way of your justice be followed by the peoples of the earth. Your heavenly will be done by all created beings. Your commonwealth of peace and freedom sustain our hope and come on earth. With the bread we need for today, feed us. In the hurts we absorb from one another, forgive us. In times of temptation and test, spare us. 
from the grip of all that is evil, free us. For you reign in the glory of the power that is love, now and forever. Amen. Pour your spirit, God, upon each of us gathered in this moment and over the gifts which are before us. Make these gifts your body and your love, and make us, through them, your hope alive in the world. Amen. Friends, I invite those in the sanctuary to be seated, and I will offer a reminder as we prepare to come to the table that here, as part of the United Methodist Church, our communion table is open, and what we mean by that is you are invited. You are invited to move from where you are in this moment and to come and to join together with those around you in this meal. On the plate, we will have bread that was baked for us this weekend and also juice inside the cup, always on the plate as well as an option for those um, who aren't able to have gluten. There is a cracker there for you as well. As Pastor Linda says each and every time we do this, there really is nothing that you can do to make a mistake in this, that we are going to do our very best to be in this together. We'll have stations here in the front, two stations, and then one in the back as well. Around the sanctuary, Jan and others have helped create just beautiful prayer stations, and you're invited to move to those or to stay right where you are and to be in a spirit of prayer, taking to God whatever you might need to be listening for in this moment or whatever words you might need to be sharing. So, friends, this is the bread of life and the body of Christ. Broken for you and for the whole world. And friends, this is the cup of God's healing and forgiveness and love. And this is poured out for you and for the whole world. So all are invited, all are welcome. Let us move now into this time of breaking bread and, and prayer together.
encourage those who are praying with candles to stay in that spirit of prayer for just as long as you need or desire. Loving God, may your hope call us to come and see, to see the world as it truly is, and to feel within our very hearts the pulse of your love. So may your peace make us one. May your love call us to be expressions of peacemaking in the world. And we offer this in the name of Jesus in whom we place our hope now and always. Amen. Friends, we hope that you will wonder about the ways that God might be calling you to move. And I don't pretend to know what that looks like in your life. Sometimes I don't know what it looks like in my own. But I am grateful to be in it together with folks who are trying to discern that. And so there are so many different ways as a community that we try to listen for where God's healing and love is moving in the world. And then to go, to be present, to witness to that, to get caught up in it. Next Sunday, we will gather for worship just as we always do at 9.30, both in person and online, and then also at 11 um, in person as well. And then we will gather in the afternoon at 4 p.m. For those who live in Yolo County, we will be at Davis United Methodist Church offering pop-up worship next Sunday. So the same thing that we do here in worship, we are going to do a version of it out there. Depending on where you live, we're trying to figure out ways to make this easier for folks um, who might be in different parts. And we have a critical mass now of people that are gathering out in Davis. So we will do that again for pop-up worship. Please note the time, 4 p.m. We were trying to guess when there's little games going on next week. Um, <laughs> some of you may have heard that there was one last night as well that some of us are excited about. And... Um, <laughs> And so we really have no idea when those might be, but we're going to be there at 4 p.m. no matter what out in Davis and invite you if that works for you or if you know folks out in that area. As Lisa beautifully invited us to come and see earlier in worship, we'll be together out at Table Farm tomorrow morning at 9 to 11, um, growing food. It really, we'll be preparing the soil to plant, to grow food alongside neighbors to give that away, and we do that at Table Farm. You can find that information on our website and sign up. Also, I uh, will note one more time that January 24th and 25th is when we will gather for the point in time count to, it's like a long shift, there's a training for it, please look on the website and find more about that. It helps our community to actually figure out what are ways that we reach in love to our neighbors who are experiencing uh, homelessness at this moment. And then finally, we have just a couple of more opportunities to join the Habitat for Humanity shift on February 3rd, 9th, and 10th. We only have 10 spots for our community to work alongside others, so I encourage you to sign up today for those as uh, you feel led to. I'm going to invite us to stand as you're willing and able. Our musicians are going to move us out with a song which has been guiding the feet of folks, faithful folks, through the generations. This is our invitation to move into the world with God guiding our feet.
into the world, guiding our feet and inviting us to come and see. Someone at some moment, maybe a lot of moments, invited you to come and see. May you find someone in your life this day and in the days ahead that needs to hear those words. And may you have the boldness to share them. Go in peace. Amen. Amen.